With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world. It's once again time for the Wadcast, episode number 99. That is one away from 100. I am one of your hosts, Josh, and um, I'm thinking it might be branded on the other screen. I don't know because his Last identity I checked, has been compromised. My credit card was compromised, but it's okay. I gave someone uh, $400 without my choosing today. I, I just I feel I feel great about giving back to the community of Long Beach, California. I really do. Um, really makes me feel special. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to nailing his ass to the wall. So it's going to be very hot. I mean, oh, yeah. justice, very justice. Well, justice is sexy. So yeah. <laughs> Let's not forget. Uh, the last movie you were in about oh, hacking God. the heart. Yeah. Yeah, my Instagram gets hacked, my credit card gets hacked. Oh yeah. So it might mean you're you're in for a sequel to hacking the heart. I guess. Like hopefully like the uh yeah, I'm not gonna get into it. But and I spoke with you about that earlier. Um yeah. after I realized um I was short four hundred dollars my account about how despite how carefully we plan and coordinate our topics we don't carefully plan them at all it's rare that we actually even know what they are like two days before but um despite all this it just had me crack it up because i was thinking like you know what we talk about talk a lot about writers we talk a lot about directors we talk about like actors and producers and all these people that make movies, but we rare, we rarely ever just sit back and talk about movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this give this gave me the idea to talk about um, movies involving uh, scammers, like either a team of scammers or someone being scammed, whatever. Uh, so now I'm not talking about the Nets with uh, Sandra Bullock. Um, although that was identity theft, it is a form of fraud and she was scammed, uh, back in the early days when we thought that, I don't know, we didn't really know how the internet worked back then. So (laughs) no, no, we didn't. That was, uh, 
That was hilarious looking back. Oh, yeah. Just watch Hackers. Watch Hackers right now. Take a trip back to like 1995 or 6, whenever the movie came out. And uh, just revisit it and watch the scene where the kid is grabbing all those floppy disks like he's like loading up on guns. It has got floppy disks. These things are like I think were like um, two hundred megabytes at the time. Oh, no, I don't think of it. I don't think it was even that much. Not a whole lot of storage there. Every movie but. hacker ever, right here. <laughs> All it takes. Uh, I was, I just think back to Donatello in uh, Ninja Turtles Two: Secret of the Ooze. When he's trying to track down like the uh, the last vial, and I hear it's just like disposed, disposed, disposed. What's this? <gasps> Active. Like that was their uh, hacking in 1992, I think. Something like that. But we're talking. <clears throat> We're talking the art of the con, though. Yep. Yeah, we're talking things like movies where the protagonists are the con artists. Or, you know, like, just they have been conned or swindled or something. So that's what we're talking about today. And we we recited a few of our movies that came to mind first and foremost. Uh, Wall Street's a great movie that dis- that discusses that. Um just like all these white collar crimes that are committed and everything else. Greed is good. But um, what's like, what's one of your favorite movies? Like one of your top, like, let's go like with our top fives today. Okay. Top five. So and we'll discuss and we'll hash them down. You get, you talk about your top five. We'll go like shot for shot. Like you talk about yours. I'll talk like, you know, talk about mine. And uh, then we'll go from there. Like just discuss why they're so awesome and what makes them, either good or really bad, but still enjoyable. Okay. So I'll let you go first. Uh, well, I'll go first. Well, first. Once again, microphone. Well, you scamming me. Uh, first, how can any conversation like this begin without the sting? Okay. It was uh, starring... You know, Paul Newman, Robert Redford, directed by uh, George Roy Hill. It is the the quintessential con movie. In fact, it is so iconic as far as the, these types of films go that it has been spoofed in... Uh, Innumerable, innum, innumer, a lot of ways. Innumerable. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Everything from, uh, you know, it, it has all of the characteristics of a classic con uh, flick. You know, you got uh, the protagonists that are in a pickle and they need to figure a way out of it. So, What's the best way out of it? Well, let's do another con. But 
and, and yeah, I'm trying to steer away from from spoilers for a movie that's what a bunch of years old. Yeah, decades. You can talk about it. Go ahead. No, no, it's like fifty years old, but still. Yeah, a bunch if, of decades old. If there's somebody that hasn't seen it, they should go in fresh. But let's oh. just say that you know it's one of those iconic movies that will always hold up. It's 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 always going to have a new generation to see it for the first time. Yeah. And there aren't aren't very many of those. But it really solidified the whole con within a con within a con as they're trying to get their mark. And yeah. That, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth mentioning on this list. Okay. In fact, it's the, the cover art for the episode. Okay. You're up. Oh, it says, and it, it really has not aged well at all. But considering that my finances were drained today, I've got to think back to this. Blank Check. The Disney movie from the early 90s Blank. about a kid... Yeah, about a kid whose bike gets run over by some mafia guy who gives him a blank check and tells him just to write down whatever it is that it's going to cost to replace the bike. And uh, listen, there's no hero in this movie. That's what I love about this. There's really no heroic protagonist in this film. Um, Blank check, it starts off with this uh, little kid who is obsessed with money. Absolutely obsessed with money. Um. And with this obsession, uh, I, if I remember right, Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he goes to a uh, to like a birthday party at a theme park at the beginning of the movie, and he has no money to really enjoy anything. He has no money for like the tickets. It's like a theme park or a carnival. He has no money for any like the for tickets for like the really cool rides. So he has to do stupid things like. Uh, watch his friends ride like a log flume while he's standing in the splash zone eating an ice cream cone to look more pathetic. Um, it's made and fun. so... Huh? Then he get made fun of. Yeah, yeah he, gets made, he gets made fun of. He gets a birthday card with a uh, check for, I think, like, uh, uh, like a, a little bit of money in it. And he gets excited over it and his dad makes him, tells him that he needs to deposit the money and save it. So along comes him taking a bike ride on his little like you know bicycle, and uh, he almost gets run over by some like you know like some dude like that's in the in the mob. The guy gives him a check and he drives off, and of course this guy's on his way to go talk about like money laundering or something. Yeah, and he's a good actor too. I don't remember his name right now. Uh, oh yeah, no, he, no, you see, he was a great actor. I believe he passed away, right? But um. Either way, so this goes on, and this kid, he doesn't look at it at first, but then he pulls it out of his pocket after the guy drives away, and he's like, oh, it's a blank check. And then the kid goes, and he scans it, makes it, the, he had this whole Mission Impossible um, montage of this kid scanning the check into his computer, changing some, changing some things around, adding $1 million on, and like, you know, on the check, and, uh, he takes it into a bank and they cash it for him. And it's the same bank where this guy who's laundering money is planning on giving, like, 
giving like a, a mule one million dollars. So it's just like all this planets aligned for this to happen in close connection with one another. Uh, and then he's pretty much being like this kid, like he buys a mansion, he hires a butler that's like very creepy, kind of like um, <clears throat> that special Jack character or whatever uh, from uh, Tropic Thunder. Uh, is a big kid himself. He's a limo driver, but he's also his butler in this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, the kid develops a crush on the FBI agent who's investigating this whole thing. They bring down the bad guys. This kid walks away free, but not before the woman says, I'll come back when you're 18, and gives him a kiss on the lips. Grooming. Kid's 12. Huh? That's grooming. Huh? You kind of froze there for huh. a second. Oh, yeah, I don't know what happened. But um, but yeah. So I was like, it was just creepy because like this. For those if I didn't come in through, uh, if I didn't come through clear, uh, the FBI agent that's been uh, investigating this whole thing, she tells the kid at the end after everyone's like wrapped up, huh? I said and grooming a child. Yeah, uh, to, gives it tells the kid that she'll come back or like uh, she'll call him when he's eighteen or whatever, and she kisses him on the lips. Like I'm like, wow, this none of this has aged well at all. So you're saying that crime is forgivable if it's uh, done by like a 12-year-old boy that's greedy as shit who doesn't learn anything at all. Like, he learns nothing. He just knows that maybe I shouldn't have crossed the mob. Like, he gets rewarded for what he did. So I think then he goes back and he's like, yeah, Dad, you're right. Maybe I should save my money. Like, that's what he learns. But it's like a throwaway line. Like, if you, it's like a blink if you miss a line. But so, because of today's events, that is my uh, choice for um, my number five slot, working my way to my top one. So, oh, there's an order to the, okay. Uh, no. Oh yeah, well yeah. Start with five. Uh, work way up. Sting would have uh, Sting would have been my number one choice. Okay, well then I work my way up. You work your way down. We'll like meet in the middle somewhere and you know say bye. We'll just keep moving. Okay. Well, my next movie is uh, actually. Uh, more recent, more recent affair. It's from uh, 2021. It's playing God. Okay. Uh, starring Alan Tudyk, Luke yep. Edward, uh, Hannah Kasalka, and directed by Scott Brignac. Uh, it's a guy that I would love to have on the show. If you know him, by all means, this this movie was very very enjoyable. The the long and short of it is a brother and sister con artist duo find themselves scamming a grieving billionaire by convincing him they can introduce him to God. Face to face. Okay. So this this billionaire is well, like I said, he's grieving. He's lost his family. He wants to know why. Why did all of this happen? Why did he lose? his family and he went on a journey that you know traveled the world around and had a a crisis of faith but not in a Kirk Cameron movie kind of way and 
on the other side of things, this brother and sister uh, found themselves, of course, indebted to somebody. And the way to get all that money is to con somebody for it. So they convince him through some very clever uh, cons. And by the way, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, mention that Michael McCain plays an absolute uh, stellar role as a mentor type to the brother and sister. So it's them trying to use all of their skills as con artists to get money from them. And the the thing that really makes this interesting is the crisis of conscience that uh, some of the characters appear to be having because they see that this guy is so hurt. He's hurting yeah. so badly and they know they're in a world of trouble, but uh, one of the two of the characters are like, I don't, I don't know if we can do this because he's already lost so much, you know? Yeah. And another character is like, well, he's got plenty. It doesn't matter. Add in a few more twists and turns that may or may not have been necessary to, to make it an enjoyable movie. Uh, I I gave it a four and a half out of five. I really love this movie. And that's why it's uh, on my list. Okay. It's a good choice. I like it. Have you seen it? Uh, it's been a while, but yes, I have seen it. Be surprised what I've seen. Be surprised I, what I, I haven't know, seen. I know it's four and a half out of five stars. You only gave The Godfather like four stars. I'm not saying it's better than The Godfather. I'm just saying when I saw it, at the time that I saw it, as I rate movies in this way, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, see, there's there is a, a really good movie. I don't know if you've seen it. It's uh, with Greg Kinnear. Um, I think Chris Man? No, 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 no. Uh, Dear God. No, oh, yeah, yeah. From uh, 1996. Um, I believe that's the year it came out. But for those of you who have not seen this, uh, Greg Kinnear plays a con man who is uh, pretty much he he promises the judge that he would do a year of honest work. No cons, no nothing. Gets a job in a post office as a mail sorter. Uh, And he comes across a letter that's like listed as going to God. And this is a religious comedy, but it's actually, and I'm not really, not really my forte, but it was well done. And uh, so what he does is he starts this hustle of like being uh, like the good Samaritan con, uh, con. He starts being the he he starts being the person to try to answer prayers for certain people, and uh, his coworkers are so moved by it that he's they start helping him out with this. But he's breaking the law in doing so because it's a federal offense to tamper with mail. Mm-hmm. So the cops start investigating him and everything else, and it, it ends well for him. But like it, it gets him like a new perspective on the world and in people. But it's actually it's it's a really sweet movie when it comes to like con artists because it's not the kind of con that you would expect to see. It's actually a really really well done movie. I, I I'd recommend to anyone 
Again, Dear God, 1996, Greg Kinnear, uh, directed by, uh, who was who was it directed by? Hmm. Sorry, I, I had the uh, information up here. Barry Marshall. I just found it here. <laughs> it's a really good movie, though. Like I said, I'd recommend it. 1996, Dear God, Greg Kinnear. Um, this guy, like uh, Laurie Metcalf, uh, Hector Elizondo, uh, Tim Conway, Jack Klugman. Uh, it, it's got quite a few people. It's It's worth watching. But um, so that's my number uh, four spot, I guess. It's a great movie. It's hysterical and we're actually really sad too. All right. What is yours, Josh? What's your number? Number four? Yeah, number number three, actually. Number three. Hey, Josh. It helps the show if your microphone is not muted, buddy. There we go. Hi. Some people might argue with that. <laughs> See, it's somewhere you have like a deaf, somewhere you have a deaf person that's reading my lips and it's like, Haha, I know what he's saying. Yeah. See, this is for all my deaf fans. Yeah. So for all of our deaf fans, I would just like to say stop sign, traffic light, red car, blue car, circle, square, dirka, 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 dirka. For our deaf fans that are reading lips right now, make sense of that. Yeah, yeah. I could make a political joke right now, but I choose not to. Oh, come on. Make it political <laughs> on our non-political show. Uh, my next movie brought to you by <laughs> none other than Mel Brooks. The Producers. You remember The Producers? I do. Some might say, oh, it doesn't fall in your typical, you know, flim-flam man story, right? wrong because it's all about the scam i wish my mic was just like steady with this volume no but the producers it's all about the scam it's all about getting money through deceit which is what the whole list is about right so it reads from uh, 1967 broadway producer uh, max balestock and his accountant, Leo Bloom, planned to make money by charming little old ladies to invest in a production many times over what will it actually cost. And then put on a surefire flop so nobody will ask for their money back. And what could be a more certain flop than a tasteless musical celebrating Hitler? <laughs> it's springtime for Hitler and Germany. <laughs> And the That's... beautiful part about this story is it doesn't even matter what version you watch, you know, whether it's Gene Wilder. That's, or that's, that's the good Robert. one, though. No, they're both brilliant. They're both brilliant. I just always prefer the uh, it's only because Matthew Broderick, I I don't like him as much as I liked uh, Gene Wilder doing that part. But I absolutely love Nathan Lane. Oh, no. You see, if you could mix Nathan Lane and Gene Wilder. I think it would have been like just stellar. That would have been crazy. Like, could you imagine, like, for a second, Gene Wilder and Nathan Lane in their own version of the Purdue? If they were just, like, they just missed each other by a few decades there to make this amazing movie. 
It is exquisite in its execution. It is hilarious. And it proved once and for all that jokes about Hitler are funny. <laughs> oh, my God. You're up. Uh, there is a great movie that um, I don't think gets enough recognition. And you and I actually spoke about this earlier um, on the phone. Matchstick Men with uh, Nicolas Cage and, oh, God, what was her name? 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 I don't want to get it wrong because they were both, like, amazing in this. Uh, Nicholas Cage and uh, hmm, wait a second, Allison uh, Loman. That's it, Allison Loman. So, but yeah, so it's like this is a movie where Nicholas Cage is like he suffers with um, he suffers from depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, and all these things. He's really like on his way out, and. Uh, his partner, uh, Frank, uh, Sam Rockwell, I believe. Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So, like, Frank's a partner of his and everything else. And um, basically, his uh, Nicholas Cage's daughter shows up and breathes new life into his career as a conman. And he kind of takes her under his wing. And uh, there's, like, this big con against businessman. This is a movie I won't spoil because not that it's a newer film, but it's 2003, but it's just such a good film. Like what you were saying with your first pick, it needs to be watched and appreciated like without the spoiler. Um, but you find out that there's a lot of betrayal in this and everything else. Uh, there's a lot, but it's just such a great film. There's some comedic moments in it, but it's such a raw movie that really dives into what it's like to be a con man like how he gets by and everything else. Um, but great movie. And I actually do have a runner up to this. Um, I love you, Philip Morris. With, uh, I think I love you, Philip Morris with Jim Carrey and uh, Ewan McGregor. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of it? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Uh, you need to watch it. It's actually, it's very interesting. Uh, Jim Carrey It's based on a real story too. It's, it's based on a uh, true story. Uh, Jim Carrey, um, and you, he plays uh, like the opposite of Ewan McGregor, both lovers in this film. But you see Jim Carrey, how uh, his character is a con man in the movie. Uh, a whole bunch of small little stuff like uh, pouring. It takes place back in like the 60s, 60s or 70s. He uh, pours a bunch of like, uh, one scene he pours a bunch of uh, vegetable oil on the floor of a grocery store. Takes a head start and just slips cartoon Flintstone style and cracks his head and like sues the store. Uh, but he has a whole lot of things. And he even, Ewan McGregor is in prison. Jim Carrey poses as a lawyer, the, the, which actually did happen with this person, and pulls him out of prison or pulls him out of jail, whatever it was. But it's a great movie. It is hysterical. And it's got some of Jim Carrey's comedic and also his more serious acting in it is very much worth the watch it's but you for i don't even know how long uh, it's on amazon prime watch it man as soon as you can like you got to check it out so is it my turn how many do i have left uh two 
Well, my next one is going to be another a little bit unorthodox. It's it's not going to be a just a straight con heist kind of deal. Because I like to think outside that box a little bit, you know. It's uh, 2019's Yesterday from Daniel. Okay. Again, Such a damn good movie. Some might ask, how does this fit in with all of the other movies that we've talked about? Well, I'll tell you what. The uh, the deception, of course, comes... Well, for those that don't know, um, in Yesterday... Jack Malik is a struggling singer-songwriter in English seaside town whose dreams of fame are rapidly fading. Despite the fierce devotion and support of his childhood best friend Ellie, after a freak bus accident during a mysterious global blackout, Jack wakes up to discover that he's the only person on Earth who can remember the Beatles. Yep. So, yeah. He, uh, he wakes up in a world where there's Beatles don't exist. So what does he do? He starts writing Beatles songs. Yeah. <laughs> and becomes a worldwide phenomenon. So this is not your typical uh, con job. He's he's doing this to finally find the success that uh, he always felt that he should have. But of course, it has one of those one of those messages of, you know, true happiness was always right in front of you. It doesn't have to come from fame. It doesn't have to come from fortune. It just look at what's right in front of you and, you know, you can be happy. That's uh, that's the overall moral of the story. But just the fact that he, you know, lets the fame go to his head he gets into a, a a a songwriting battle with Ed Sheeran, who pops up as himself, <laughs> and just he has this catalog in his head, and that there's even a a very tiny um, spot when it comes to say label interference, studio interference. I'm sure we're all familiar with that with that war cry when um, they said hey Jude that doesn't make any sense can it be hey dude so he acquiesces and uh, yeah it's it's a good flick and that's why it's on my list yeah it's actually amazing. Like, is that one that do you think that we can spoil the ending for that one? Hmm. I'm I'm fairly positive that it's one of those movies that if you start watching, you know what the ending is going to be. So I'm talking about like the uh, well, I mean, it's, it's actually the ending is actually in the trailer. If you watch the trailer, the ending for the movie is actually the big shocker is in the trailer. I'm going to ruin it. Uh, the surviving members of the Beatles remember that they are the Beatles. That's not what happens in the movie at all. I'm spoiling it. Mind your business. 
Okay. Never mind. No, he just he just spoiled it. Thanks, Josh. I non spoiling. Took all my fun right out of it. Well, you should I was going to leave like that you were taking the piss out of people. I was. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that's why I do it with a straight face. God, I get no I fun, Josh. I get serious. no fun. I thought no, you were serious. serious. Come on, no. <laughs> No, it's got a really good twist ending, though. It's actually really awesome. The whole movie is like even the music, like it. It oh, is so technically it. It is technically kind of. I would say it's a musical. Kind of, except it doesn't have the, you know, the music moving along the. Uh, yeah, I know. Plot. <clears throat> yeah, I know. But the plot is just him pretty much taking credit for more and more Beatles songs. That's about it. Yeah. <clears throat> and people think that he's like some kind of. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, Prodigy. But it is a very, very good movie. It's it's a very, I, I've got to say, it's, it's an original film. It's an original idea. I really enjoyed it. So I was going to say, it reminds me of a, a TV show from from way back when that got canceled after one season. I don't remember what it was called, but it was about a middle aged man that. Yeah, maybe it was in his 30s. I don't remember. But he got sent back to like high school. Um, little time travel stuff. He got sent back to himself. You know how people say, if I'd known what I do now back then, that's, that's kind of what happened to him. And there was a, a talent show episode. <laughs> he, he plays a little guitar. So he's like, Okay, so uh, and this was like, like maybe late eighties, early I don't remember, but okay. For the talent show, he sang "Green Day's Good Riddance." Ah. Time of your life, <laughs> and everyone's like, "That's an amazing song." And then they looked at his songbook, and there were like lyrics from Nirvana in there because, you know, he was trying to figure out, you know, one, what he could remember. And two, um, you know, what he should practice for the talent show. So when they started reading the Nirvana lyrics and, and things like that, they're like, we believe your son might be disturbed. Okay, was this, uh, was it, was it Journeyman? No. I wish I knew. Let's see. 11, 11, Not fringe, not travelers, not lost, not outlander, timeless. No. Now I'm curious. I think it was, I think this is it. Let's see. Do over. Series begins as an adult, single, depressed paper salesman, disappointed with how his life turned out. Joel missed a lot of opportunities. Uh, his once popular sister is now a drug addict. His idea, blah blah blah. Oh, Joel is sent back to 1981. Excuse me, I was way off. Into his 14-year-old self. Oh wow, this is like an old movie, uh, an old series. This is like 2002. 
God, 2002 is now like really old. Buddy, like, yeah, it's 20 years old. I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're up there. We are middle-aged now. No, the 90s was only a few years ago. I still remember uh, sitting outside of a pizza place when I graduated. Um, well, I didn't graduate eighth grade. Um, when my classmates graduated eighth grade, uh, two days before I had to go to summer school. It's like it was just yesterday, 1997. Yeah. Oh, man. That was uh, 25 years ago. <laughs> but um, I'll actually have to check that one out. I, I don't think I've ever watched that. Um, yeah, so that's, that's definitely one season. Exactly. One season. I see that. But see, I can go, I can go into a show if it only lasts one season. If it lasts one season, I can do it. If it's an old show that lasted one season, I can watch it and not really feel like I missed anything when it ends. It's the newer shows that come out that I get into and then they leave them on this like amazing cliffhanger and then it's like, oh, no, we're not going to pick it up anymore. My name is Earl. Yeah. They, they really only had like one season to go too, didn't they? Yeah, they could have just wrapped everything up. So, Which is why in Raising Hope, the follow-up show from that uh, producer, in the first episode, in the background, there's a news, like a, a news program playing in the background, and they're like, you know, lottery winner trying to finish his karma list. Uh, uh, <laughs> lot, lottery winner finally finishes karma list. And you won't believe what happened at the, at the end. And, and there's like, nothing else. <laughs> we just we just get a tease on a completely different show. But it was cool that uh, at some point everybody in the cast showed up on Raising Hope. Yeah. Not as the characters from another show, of course, but it, it was just cool seeing everybody kind of interact once oh, yeah. again on screen. Yeah, let's see, like... There's one, there's one movie I just saw. Um, well, it came out like right before COVID hit. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's called I Care A Lot. No, I, you ever I hear of it? seen it. I have heard of it. Okay. I thought it was more recent. Well, well it's, it's 2020, but uh, it's still like a really, so it's probably like one of my, it's like my top two of all time. Like, you know, like I Care A Lot was, it, it's just because of how dark it was. Okay. How messed up it was and how real it could be and most likely is. Um, but it's a woman that goes around. She convinces people to sign over um, like their power of attorney to her and to list uh, like despite elderly people having families. Uh, basically, what she does is she sets herself up as becoming a court appointed uh, guardian for the elderly. After that, she admits them into assisted living homes, and she sells off their assets while they're in these homes. The families can't, are powerless to stop this woman. And the movie doesn't have any good ending. The, she pretty much, like, it's, it's, it's messed up. The whole movie is, like, really dark. But um, the realism behind it, uh, these people losing everything because of this woman who just drains them financially of everything that they have. It's it's messed up. It's worth a watch, but 
what cracks me up? Let me. Uh, I've I read this earlier. Uh, it was applauded by critics. They loved this movie. The general audiences hated the movie, not because it's a bad movie, but because of Rosamund Pike. They hated her in this movie. They thought it was too dark. It was messed up. Uh, surprise, surprise, people were offended by it. It's a you know, fucking movie. Um, but because of this, it got review bombed. It is standing at a 34% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Wasn't that for uh, quite a few awards? Yeah, it won multiple awards. But people hated this movie so much because of how messed up it was that they gave it like low ratings. Like, if, if that movie pissed you off that much, then I'd say that was a very well done movie. <laughs> well, yeah, I imagine their whole, you know, uh, you know, other than making money, of course, the, the goal is to make people feel when they watch your content, when they watch your creation. And if you're eliciting such an oh, response and that, that makes you hate a character that you're supposed to hate, then you're doing a damn good job. Yeah, here it is. Uh, the uh, tomato meter, like from like, you know, actual critics and everything else, the tomato meter, 78%. The audience score, 34%. With uh, 2,500 plus ratings. Just, uh, yeah, we have some time. Let me, like, you know, see this really quick. I want to, like, try to find a bad rating. Um, that's in English. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. All right. Um, half a star, June 13th, 2022. So recently by George K. Um, I have never, nor do I think I will ever again leave a review for a movie. But my, oh my, this film sucks. I could write a lot about how or why does this film sucks. Uh, so much, so, so much. But I won't. Um, this guy's really bad at grammar, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but I won't. I will only say this. The film was trying to shove matriarchal superiority of women down your throat for... Oh, okay. For two hours straight. The villain spelled one L. Education, children. Education. It's important. Uh, the villain didn't get punished for their crimes, and we didn't enjoy it. You will maybe say, but that's life. But no, that's not life. The plot armor around the villain was so strong that there was not an inch of realism produced. Listen to all those buzzwords. Huh? Said, Listen to all those buzzwords. I'm telling you. Uh, the villain could do anything, be anywhere, and win in every battle ex because of the plot armor the woman supremacist producers of this film wanted. Most disgusting movie I've ever seen in my life. The villain should be punished with the most horrible way, and we should enjoy it. To at least take something of these two hours wasted just for these clowns, all capitalized, but at least clowns is spelled right. Uh, okay. To try to portray women as something, uh, the invincible. Um, he must have been drunk when he wrote this. 
I have no opinion about the matter, yet he's very opinionated about the matter. Yeah. Um, I have no opinion about the matter, but I will say this to all the producers of films like these ones. Law, law, law is what saves you, and the more you try to shove down our throat your new world order, the more the law yeah. declines until the day you see you are without it. The law. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Now keep making those disgusting films. It was only missing a uh, a reference to a woke agenda. I, I really like... I'm going to have to come back here take screenshots of these things and post it on our Facebook. Uh, one star movie was absolutely horrible. Don't waste your time. Plot was an absolute joke. Villain didn't have any punished... Punish. Okay, punish. Oh, George K. It's another review. Um, Mr. I have no opinion has plenty of opinions. Another one from George K. <laughs> Could be shorter and worser, but not all that bad. Worse, it could be worser, guys. Be careful, this new word order. I, I there was no Ellen world order, it was new word wow. order. So I had to like actually new give him word some... order. Yep. Uh, the protagonist's self masturbatory internal dialogue and lack of empathy not only make this film hard to watch, but also a perfect case study into the mind of a narcissist. Half a star. Like, that seems like it's actually a pretty positive review. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I'm going to have to come back to this stuff. Let's, let's write this down. Poor reviews of good movies. Uh, that's, I mean, yeah, it's like I was actually angry the whole time watching this movie. No one who's supposed to know how to kill actually kills anyone. No one who's supposed to know how to kill actually kills any. Okay, guys, we I I don't like getting political on the show at all. I really don't like getting political. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're waiting. There's a time when you read something and I feel like it was written by a third generation of a family that exclusively dates each other in Alabama somewhere mm -hmm. while screaming vote red and Trump 2020, Trump 2024. Like, I mean, this is bad, guys. And I'm all for the idea of, like, bad reviews for great movies. And, of course, when we say great movies, of course, film and cinema is an art. Art is always going to be subjective. Any kind of any kind of art is subjective. Like, any genre of it is subjective. You, it, it, It's not for everyone. But, but there is an objective wing yes. to look at it. What a bad script. Hire a good actor for the villain and approve a story that lacks any logic in the villain's actions, taking him to the extreme of inept. What a stupid movie. I don't think they this person even watched it because the villain was not a him, it was a her. But okay. I don't think they read the script either. I don't yeah, I don't think so either. The script was amazing. The script was brilliantly written. So anyway, uh so that's my uh number two. Uh I care a lot.
as a homegirl, like Rosemary, she is hauntingly evil in this movie. Which, as as she has her career has gone on, she's actually been taking on quite a few uh, roles of sociopaths, or like um, there's no type sociopaths or con artists, huh? So as long as there's no typecasting going on. No, 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 no. It's like I mean, she's killing it because like I mean, what was it, Gone Girl? I think. I still haven't. Seen she that. is scary when she's evil. I used to think she was hot. Like, I even had a little bit of, like, a celebrity crush on that girl. But I'll tell you right now, not now. I feel like she would be torching an old lady while she's, like, setting me up for murder. Anyway, so what's yours, Josh? You're number one. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I guess if whatever order we're going in, either way, my final oh, I'm movie. sorry, you're number five. You're least, uh, you're, you're furthest down the list of your movies. Well, it's Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, fuck you. What do you what? That's that two, was my number way. one. That was my number one. I don't care. That was my number one. You son of a Well, time Which... to scramble. Or we just tag team it. Two con men try to sell their settle their right freaking words. Two con men try to settle their <laughs> rivalry by betting on who can swindle a young American heiress out of fifty thousand dollars first. Directed by Frank Oz. Starring Steve Martin and Mike O'Kane. Yep. Uh, Glenn Headley. It is a wonderfully hilarious movie that really gives Steve Martin and, uh, well, yeah, pretty much Steve Martin a chance to really shine as uh, a lot of different characters, as he pulls a uh, con after con after con, and and Michael Caine's more of the the classic refined. This is my con persona kind of guy. Yeah, and it has again one of those wonderful twists at the end that I'm not going to spoil because I will. Everyone should watch this movie. See, here's what I love. Here's what I love about Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is that it is a remake of Marlon Brando's A Bedtime Story, and The Hustle with uh, Sandra Bullock, I believe, and uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, Jenny McCarthy. No, oh God, what? Kristen Chenoweth. Rebel Wilson. Okay, no, I'm sorry, not Sandra Bullock. I'm sorry, Anne Hathaway. There was another movie I was thinking about with Sandra Bullock. Uh, Anne Hathaway and uh, Rebel Wilson. That was a remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. But, you know, it's not. It's... I think, honestly, of the three, The Hustle is a remake of a remake. The second entry, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, is the best of all three of them. I've watched The Hustle. I, I enjoy a bedtime story. But Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, come on, man. Steve Martin, when he's like playing like the derelict with the uh, eye patch and everything else, and like, you know, so the woman's like, uh, why is there a cork on his fork? Michael Caine, would you like to explain to her why there's a cork on your fork? And he's like, look at it for a second, like, just like pops himself in the eye patch, and he's like, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like, uh, excuse me. May I use the restroom? Yes, you may. Just turns and stares at the woman for like a good like 30 seconds. Looks back at Michael Caine. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's just so fucking stupid. <laughs> but and I, you know what? I, I'm not going to spoil the ending because the other ones are nowhere near as good. And it, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is such a special film. But you know what? I will, I will go with another uh, con movie. And it's okay. not so much just like a con artist. It's more of like a revenge con that leads to, I guess, an actual relationship. Overboard. Okay. Now, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn are in this movie. Uh, Goldie, for those of you that don't know what Overboard is, come on, man. It's a classic. The but original, by the, way, not the, uh, the original, not the remake, not that remake with Anna Faris. That movie sucked. But um, no, the original movie with Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, where Goldie Hawn is a pretty much a verbally abusive uh, socialite that hires Kurt Russell to fix her, like fix her shoe closet and whatever. And he creates this really awesome looking closet, and she just hates it. Um. Something happens where, like, you know, he storms off and yada, yada, yada. Further down the line, uh, she ends up falling off the boat and she has amnesia. Uh, Kurt Russell ends up uh, taking care of her and convincing her that she is his wife and the mother to their kids. Scamming her the whole time just to, I guess, get payback out of her. Um, and eventually Goldie Hawn starts remembering everything. They get this huge ordeal, but she realized that she was happier with like not being a multimillionaire or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's like it's it's not it's more like a romantic comedy than it is. But it's not really romantic. It's really kind of just like messed up. But um, in true eighties fashion, they fall in love, and despite all the lies and the conning and stuff like that, it's you know, it is what it is. But um, I don't know. Well, how about this? You know, a con artist movie, uh, Pool Hall Junkies. Have you ever heard of it? Ever seen it? I've heard of, have not seen. Uh, Mars Callahan is the lead in this uh, movie, and he plays this guy that is a pool shark. He's a professional pool shark. He was uh, brought up in the pool halls by a guy that was... That's in the mafia. Um, and so this whole movie goes through. Like, he realizes that this guy pretty much completely double-crossed him when he was a kid. He was invited to be part of the APA and uh, go out to Vegas to play in the big like big leagues with the uh, champion pool players. And uh, instead, this guy threw away that invitation and kept this kid under his foot and raised him up as a pool shark so they could make quick little hustle side caches and everything else. It's an interesting movie. Um, he ends up uh, leaving this guy. Uh, Christopher Walken is in it. Plays uh, his partner. Or his backer, rather. It's actually it's Michael Ros a young Michael Rosenbaum before he was uh, Lex Luthor. Is in it. It's, it's actually a really good movie. Um, I'd recommend anyone watch it. So I don't know where it's uh, streaming or playing, but if you get a chance, I will always recommend Pool Hall Junkies. In fact, I would love to have Mars Callahan on our show. Um, I know he's not been in the best of health, but the dude's awesome. The guy was like, the guy's an amazing filmmaker. So, 
because he wrote, directed, and starred in that movie. And it's one of my favorite uh, pool hall movies in, like ever made. It's on Tubi. Okay. It's worth the watch. I recommend it. So, yeah. And that's our list, ladies and gentlemen. If you think they rock, if you think they suck, just go ahead and leave a comment down below. Oh. Yep. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. Um, I do have an announcement um, about our show, about um, our stream yard. In light of what has happened today, um, I have to focus on a few things. I may or may not be able to pull it off, but we are trying to find a way to keep our stream yard active um, so we can continue to off continue to offer these podcasts. Meantime, Josh and I are trying to figure things out because Wadco Media is an umbrella for not just the Wadcast. We have TV dinners and we have the movie Potluck um, that Jennifer sees. Oh, one second. Let me see something. What are you seeing? Bear with me. Uh, I got a notification from my bank. I was hoping that I was going to say, like, all oh, my funds have been refunded. It's not. It's like, oh, well, something came out of your uh, checking account. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so it's uh, we're trying to figure out how to continue these other shows. Because um, while they're still under Wadco Media, we've been using StreamYard for all of them. So um, hopefully we'll be able to pull it off. Oh, yeah. No, it's a great service. We love StreamYard. Uh, it's just like a matter of trying to figure out the logistics. So it may be a week or two before we're able to get this straightened out, but we are trying. So I don't know what that means for our... Episode 100. Our 100 so, episode yeah. is coming up. I know. It is. It's, it's yeah, our centennial. So, <clears throat> yeah. I'm thinking that we make it a big 100th episode. We should probably plan that more than 10 minutes before showtime. No. No, we'll just, like, invite a bunch of people, like, last minute. Like, hey, you guys were on the show before. Come on. Come back in here. Be a big gala event. Everyone's on our show will be on this one. Just uh just quick just five minutes kids telling us Huh? <laughs> send, send out one massive tweet, tag everyone that's ever been on the show. Yep. Almost everyone. There's some people I don't want back on the show. Ah, true. Ninly one person. But we won't get into that one. Just there's a reason behind it. We don't like scammers. That's the whole point of our show. <laughs> you make a good point, Brandon. Yeah. No. But anyway, so so we are trying to work out the kinks on this one to figure it out. But, you know, it is the Wadcast. What is the Wadcast without a whole bunch of kinks? Episode number one, working the kinks. Yep. Episode 99, working out the kinks. So... But that's our show for tonight. I just want to give you guys that announcement, let you guys know. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess if you want uh, any updates, we'll still be posting things on the wadcast.com, on uh, the Facebook wadcast page, um, on uh, the Instagram page for wadcast. 
So I'll, I'll still be having updates and posting things up on there. So that way we're not going to be gone. We're just kind of trying to figure this shit out. That's about it. So uh, follow me uh, on Instagram, bjacksman1982. Um, over here, it, right there, is uh, my you know handle for Instagram. Uh, Facebook, catch us on uh, the Wadcast, facebook.com backslash the Wadcast. Same with Instagram. Uh, we also have our website, thewadcast.com. And um, our uh, TikTok, the Wadcast, which is still not... Use, but we can also stop by OnlyFans for the Wadcast, <laughs> huh? OnlyFans for the for the Wadcast. I look forward to that. Oh yeah, it'd be awesome. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's our show tonight. Um, Josh, you want to take it from here? Well, in case you were wondering how to reach me in the social medias, because somebody didn't bother kicking it over to me. I have a nice I just little it over to you. for you. Wadcomedia.com, thewadcast.com, and Twitter at skitcomic. All of the information that you need to find out where we're going to be, when we're going to be, and how to get our merch is all over there at wadcomedia.com. Wadcast shirts are pretty nifty, I think. I like them. I wear them on a pretty regular basis. And not even not even to be a whore, just I like I like the designs. Well, Brandon, you know what time it is. Yep, final the final thought. Go on Jerry Springer. But it's your favorite part. Oh the music. And hey Lee, welcome to the show. Good to see you pop in. <laughs> okay, anyway, as uh, Brandon readjusts his headset, <laughs> I just want to take this time to remind you that the only thing standing between you and your dreams is you. If there's something creative you want to do, if there's some endeavor you want to take, the best time to start is now because. And if you bought a lottery ticket, check your numbers. The drawing's been done. I'm gonna wait till tomorrow. Why? Because you never check your numbers on the drawing night. It's bad luck. Says the guy that never won. But anyway, follow your dreams. Do what you're meant to do, and start doing it today. Because the only one stopping you is you. Well, this has been the Wandcast episode number ninety-nine. I'm Josh. I'm Brandon. That guy over there is Brandon. And um, we'll see you next time for episode number 100. All right.